Welcome to Faith Fondue, a podcast featuring author and speaker Haley DeMaria and teacher and blogger Ann Strickers. Faith Fondue will feature a melting pot of topics ignited by a flame, our faith, and guided by the Holy Spirit. It is the week of May 1st. This is season three, episode 11. We are beginning the third week of Easter, which I cannot believe. Uh, May 1st is typically considered or called May Day. And when I Googled the meaning of May Day, the first thing that popped up was um, as a definition, quote, the opposite of capitalism, end quote, which I thought was an interesting definition. When I think of May Day, I think of floral baskets, um, baskets of flowers. So, but it struck me that it is not a coincidence that that was the definition that I read because I'm listening to a book right now that illustrates the pitfalls of capitalism. So, Anne, I use that word intentionally listened. I have a question for you. Are you a book reader or a book listener? And do you consider listening to books actually reading them? Haley, I love the format. So for our listeners, Haley, once again, is providing us with a provocative question to start our show. And I, again, Haley, it's a thoughtful one because my first reaction when I read, um, we have a script that we kind of run off loosely and outline. And I thought, well, of course it's different. Reading involves the eyes and not the ears. And then I thought, no, that's not true. If I'm blind, I'm reading Braille, right? I'm touching the words and children get read to all the time. So an adult is reading the book, but they're reading to their child Mm. or in different ways. Like in class, I will read an excerpt. So listening is acceptable. And I, I know you personally love books on tape. So I was thinking of you as I read that. I literally read the question and yet there is something different about the experience, but I have listened to several books on tape, autumn or audible. There's so many different versions now with technology. I mean, even for example, we have a podcast now, um, not that it's a book or an article, but there's so many audible ways that people are engaging with information in addition to the written word or the printed word, so to speak. So do I hear the story? I think there's some stories, is that the word, or narratives or whatnot that I, that fit or work for me personally, um, where I can remember and thinking of like the end game of reading, what is the purpose of reading to get informed, to gain knowledge, right? To have an experience of, or to learn something. There's so many ways we can do that. So yes, some things do transfer well through the like an auditory process some things not as much have i answered the question i don't know (laughs) (laughs) no i think it's a great answer because really what it does is makes us think and and one thing you said that i had not thought of was yes of course a blind person is reading as their fingers follow along the braille so they are reading even though they aren't hearing with their ears um, or reading with their eyes i should say But it is also interesting that we wouldn't say we read a podcast, we listen to a podcast, but we read a book. We we have this discussion in our my our book club all the time because about half of us listen to books and half of us read the books. And 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 some some women in our book club really do like us to make the distinction. If I say, oh, I read the book, because of course sometimes we don't always finish it, and they'll say, oh, did you read it or did you listen to it? 
and it's just um, it's interesting because yes of course I always listen to them but some people don't consider that reading so just kind of an interesting thought as I have been traveling I listen to books on the airplane I listen to books when I drive so I am in the in the thick of a, a pretty interesting book right now um, that I'll talk about when I'm finished with it which I hope to finish this weekend but anyway and Moving on to the flame, what is hot this week? I can tell you what is not hot, at least in the Midwest <laughs> and on the West, East Coast is the weather. But I, so we are ready, even though it is May, it does not feel like May. It barely feels like spring. Wow, and really? This Arizona yeah. girl is ready for some sun. Yeah. I, I wondered because I was in Washington, D.C. and I had one day that was magnificent and my brother said you know dc in the spring is just so awesome and it was it was followed up that that preceded let's get our words right here three days of cold wet weather and then when i was in south bend they also said it's been a cold spring so sorry to hear that it's okay it is what it yeah. is the days are longer we know that so they are they are comfort in that yes well i was in uh Sierra Madre was the name of the town. It's in Southern California near Burbank in Los Angeles County for a Holy Cross educators retreat. Uh, it was a retreat, but it was really a meeting. It was a lot of things, a lot of information. It was great. We were, I was accompanied by my colleagues at St. Francis High School, teachers from, excuse me, educators. That's the word we use now, educators, because it's more inclusive because somebody like me works in athletics, but I also teach two classes or the life of the school, we're trying to emphasize that many people play the role of an educator. So if you notice that, that's it's not un, it's not unique to St. Francis. I'm starting to see it quite quite a bit more often. Educators from Moreau Catholic and Hayward and then Notre Dame, they are now Notre Dame Los Angeles, but they were always known as Notre Dame Sherman Oaks, which is another Holy Cross school. So it was delightful, it was great to be together to talk about our shared charism and what it means to be a Holy Cross educator. Now, Los Angeles usually has better weather than Northern California and it rained on Thursday lightly and they have not had any rain. Like there's a whole relationship between Southern California and Northern California for water rights. So it was a slightly bizarre, but it didn't deter us. The, the day was still, it was a nice day, but it was just so odd to have that experience. Um, when you go to Southern California, you just feel like you don't ever have weather conditions. Right, no, but how wonderful and, and almost, um, if you think of the imagery, you're down there you know, feeding your soul, feeding your, you know, nourishing yourself from an, as an educator and it's, it's raining. And I always think of water is so healing yeah. and, nice. and, and nourishing to us. So that's one way we can look, look at the rain, even if, yes. it, even if it's yeah. not the sun. Well, one of the highlights, and you, you'll probably appreciate this for me was I know one, one graduate of Notre Dame Sherman Oaks, and I know her because she was a volleyball teammate of my roommate brett and her name's shannon and i always knew she went there and i i think i knew that she taught there and i meant to look her up before i headed down to see oh is she still teaching there well we met we did a tour of the school students gave us tours we go in classrooms i walk in the science classroom who's the department chair who's ready to meet with us but shannon Tuttle, and she's married now but it was awesome to see her you know that's like 
you know, I love those, those kind of things feed my soul. So, um, and you know, the relationships among teammates are very special. So they were the two women from their class that were on volleyball. I guess there's only two recruits that year. So they were tight, but it was just, you know, 25 years later and here you are. It's like, this is my classmate. It means something to me. And, you know, my connection to her was because of her teammate. Absolutely. I love, I love, I love it when that happens. Well, I had an interesting thing happened today. I was I was meeting up with uh, a friend of mine who I just I needed to pass something off to her, and we literally passed it from car window to car window. But I got there a few minutes earlier than she did, and I was sitting at the stop sign in the parking lot. And in front of me is is the area between Notre Dame Stadium and the Joy Center. So I'm taping this from South Bend this weekend. And all of a sudden, I see, as I'm stopped at the stop sign, and thankfully there's nobody behind me, I see a young man get down on his knee. And then I see he's clearly there with his girlfriend. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, he's about to propose. So I grab my phone as fast as I can because I think somebody needs to take pictures of this. So I'm stopped at the stop sign. I roll down my window and I'm zooming in with my iPhone camera and I start taking all these pictures of the proposal and the hug and the kiss. And then I think, well, I'm not going to walk up to them and say, excuse me, congratulations. What's your cell phone number? Because I just took your pictures. So it was it was a very fun moment. I went, I, I, did, a, I did turn and, and drive away from the stop sign and I happened to see another couple hiding in the bushes and i asked them if if they knew the couple who just got engaged and they said yes so the 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 boyfriend now fiance had planned a whole surprise party afterwards so so the future bride didn't know the friends were there so they were hiding i so i got their cell phone number and texted all the pictures to them but what it was such a fun moment it made me smile it just it makes me smile thinking about it um, but also what a privilege to be part of a really special, intimate moment that clearly they were willing to share with many people. They were out in the open, but it, right, right. it, it may, it was, uh, it was a fun, it was a fun thing to witness. That is super special. And yes, it is. It's great to know, you know, stories like that because this past week, um, to go the other end of the spectrum, they were talking about the anniversary of the riots or, you know, with, with Rodney King and mm. Rodney King, right? Yes. And Los Angeles was 30 years ago wow. and that it was somebody with a camcorder in their home and that this happens, this is, you know, one of the biggest tools for black Americans. It, it's changed the trajectory of, you know, how, uh, police brutality, police violence, uh, what we see, what we know, um, not perfect, none of it, but just that this has been a game changer. So it can be used to, right, capture moments of so much variety. Absolutely. And and it is important to recognize that event in American history um, as a nation, but also in people's own lives, you know, you have the other end of the spectrum too. So you know, James Bond used to show, right? Like he'd wear a ring and it had a camera and that was considered like, whoa, that's James Bond, super high tech. And now I was the other day, I was trying to make a phone call with my phone and I'm like, I can't even like make a phone call anymore. My phone is so advanced. So, (laughs) well, it was neat right before we logged on, I was watching a video of this week, of course, is the NFL draft. I gave a talk on Thursday night this past week, which I'll talk about when we get to our spiritual stew in a minute. 
it was it was interesting because I turned my phone off during my talk and during the dinner and the whole event. So there was about two hours where I did not have access to any information. And when I when I logged back on later that evening, I saw that I had 118 text messages. And the first thing I thought of was, oh, my gosh, the Baltimore Ravens drafted Kyle Hamilton. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what probably 112 of the tweets were about. But it was it, it is the NFL draft. Talked about changing lives. I again, just before we logged on, I was watching a video where um, one of a, a player from Notre Dame received the phone call that he was going to be drafted. And the emotions are so real and mm-hmm. so powerful. And this is a yes. this is a player who, you know, who left early, who is not returning for his senior year. And you know, there's a lot of conversations about that, about whether they yeah. should or whether they shouldn't. And when yeah. you see the very raw emotions about this real life changing event, yeah. it's it's pretty powerful. And you know, again, I thank these families, these individuals, for sharing that with us because these are things that you're right. Thirty plus years ago, we wouldn't have a glimpse into. We weren't privy yeah. to those very intimate moments. And I, I think it creates more awareness. You know, there's a lot of good and bad. There's a lot of bad about social media, but there's also a lot of good in terms of yeah. just sharing very real, raw uh, experience. So, um, no doubt, no doubt. Well, that's a good segue to our spiritual stew because, Haley, I wanted to. I kept thinking about what you shared in our stew. I was chewing on it um, this past week. How you listen differently to the gospel when you know that you will be talking about it on our show. So I thought that was an interesting question for our listeners. What would help all of us to listen to the gospel better? What would help us to remember the readings? And my bridge here is because when I saw Kyle Hamilton was drafted, I thought of you and I thought, you know, of course you and I share a connection with him because he's a Notre Dame athlete and we always want to see you know, athletes from our alma mater do well. So that's starting point one, but he's not just going to like Kansas city or Miami, which I don't maybe have a connection to, but because I know your family are huge Raven fans. Like I was thinking, well, that means a lot to the De Maria's. So it, it registered further to the point where when I was talking to my father today, he said, no, Kyle Hamilton was drafted by a so-and-so team. And I said, no, dad, he was drafted by the Ravens. And he's like, are you sure? And I was like, no, I'm sure this is why. And I talked about you and, and he's like, well, then you're right. He's like, there's so many players, but the idea there is there's a connection, right? There's a connection and that's why I report it. Or in the case of the gospel, there's an accountability piece. So I don't know. I was trying to think of for anybody, and this speaks for myself too, like how can we help one another to, again, remember what we're, you know, hearing and praying with on Sundays? Right. No, that's so actually two comments that that came to mind when you were sharing that is one, as an educator, which you and I both are, I've been in the classroom I, teaching, I'm currently not, but do work at a school. It's a great reminder for us that that personal connection that we can make with what we're teaching will really, really resonates with our students, right? You had a personal connection, not only with Kyle Hamilton, but where he went in Baltimore, knowing yeah. that that would be important to me. You remembered that perhaps you know more than your dad did. And we talk about that all the time with our students and in educating our students is how do we make 
our what we want to teach resonate with the students in a way that's very personable and meaningful to their lives because they are going to remember it more. So just from an education standpoint, we talk about that all the time. It, as it refers to the gospel and just sitting in mass, there is uh, a woman I met when I walked the ND trail. Uh, her name is Lisa Hendy. She started years ago a website called catholicmom.com. And what she, she since uh, has passed it along to Holy Cross Ministries. She, it was, it was her project for a long time and then has shared it on a, a greater scale. But what she realized when she was raising her own children was there were really no resources on the internet for Catholic moms to raise their children. So I had, was aware of catholicmom.com when I was raising my own kids and then was really thrilled to meet her and get to know her as a Notre Dame alum. And one of the things that was on this website was every week a word search or some sort of game for that you could print out. These were printouts that you could use to take with your children to mass. And they had to, for example, with the word search, listen to the gospel and find certain words in the word search. Oh. And it was, my kids loved it. I and bet they did. The list of words were there. So you you did, it was a typical word search where you have the, the, pro, the puzzle and then you have the list of words at the bottom, but you couldn't search for the word until you heard it in the gospel. Hmm. And I, I can, I'm not sure how well my children listened when they didn't have these worksheets, but I know for sure they were listening when they did have these games in front of them. And, you know, of course, I'm sure there are many, parents who would have their own comments on allowing your children to do sort of a game or a puzzle during mass. And that's fine. It was something I chose to do. But the same thing, there was a purpose that they had in really listening. And I think one one of your suggestions of, you know, having a mass journal, something we need to write down, should we all reflect on the gospel? Yes, that's what the homily is. That's the priest's Mm -hmm. reflection or whoever is is leading the mass but but we need our own reflection as well and certainly there is the quiet time that we should be reflecting but where's the accountability in that of course the accountability of is with god but for me you're right i do listen more carefully in that sense so it's it's a great thing for us to think about is how do we listen yeah whether it's you know talking as a family um maybe just launching that question what is something that stood out to you in today's gospel as part of like a family meal that could be something and i pulled it out the the master is by dynamic catholic and the invitation is just to write down one thing from the entire liturgy because maybe it's the music something from the the music nativity parish that parish in um outside of baltimore they give homework or the pastor will have three points and then he'll have questions um not in like a pedantic or you know negative way more just this is it's just a relationship you know this is this is what you're supposed to work on this week which we all get homework's not always a bad thing no not at all and and done appropriately it should be to support the learning yeah right absolutely well i as i mentioned earlier i gave a talk earlier this week to a legatus group in Chicago, which is what brought me to the Midwest. I am so grateful to be back 
to giving in-person talks, as I shared with them, it's just a much more powerful story to be able to share in person than over Zoom. I'm also very grateful for my job and the, the leadership at St. Anne's School that allows me to do that. They are very, very understanding and accommodating with me being gone for a day or two here and there, and I, I really appreciate that. They know that it's a big part of who I am and what feeds me. And um, so I just, I, I think it's something we all need to remember is as employers, it is important to understand what feeds what nourishes the soul of our employees and what and what gives them meaning and and this certainly gives me meaning so does my work at St. Anne's but I just I appreciate that and that is a lot of what Legatus is it is a it's a group of business professionals uh, many of them are CEOs of companies there's uh, just the way it's structured, you have to have, be at a certain level in your job to be a part of the Legatus group. They talked about how Legatus means ambassador in Latin. I looked hmm. it up, it also means lieutenant, which is interesting because I believe in the historical sense, a lieutenant was someone who went forth as an ambassador from the, the leader. And, oh, interesting. and what the Legatus has a really interesting, neat mission statement that I've thought about and wanted to share, and that is to study, live, and spread the faith in our business, professional, and personal lives. And that's, that really speaks to me because it's what I often talk about in when I do give presentations, especially to a group like Legatus, because I was raised where we went to church on Sundays, and the other six days of the week were filled with school, sports, just living life, but church was for Sundays. And what I have learned is that I am never going to be the person I wanna be if I'm only talking and thinking and feeling and praying on my faith on Sundays. That's just not mm. how it works. You know, Our faith yeah. needs to really be woven into the fabric of everything we do. And I didn't, that's not the way I was raised. That's nothing my mm. parents did right or wrong. It's just kind of how it was. We went to church on Sundays sure. and the rest of our life, at least for me, was school and swimming. But that the, the whole purpose of Legatus is to be ambassadors for our faith in not just our personal lives, but our professional lives as well. And it, it's really, it's a, it's a beautiful organization. They have multiple chapters all over the country. I've spoken. At a, I was wondering about that. They do. Mm -hmm. I've spoken at a number of them. It, they all follow the same format. We have the rosary, then mass, then dinner, and then they have a speaker they meet every month. And I, I don't pray the rosary as many as some people do. I will always attend the rosary and pray the rosary mm -hmm. when I do speak at a Legatus event. It's a, it's a neat connection for me. I have my grandfather's rosary. He again was the only other Catholic in our family it that oh, nice. I, it's very special to me to take that with me when i go i find it i find myself as i'm praying the rosary certainly thinking about him and and things that are meaningful that i want to pray for but i also find myself thinking i should do this more it's a it's a very calming time consuming prayer or meditation and I, I'm not there yet in my faith, but I do appreciate it and enjoy it when I do it. So that, you know, as we move forward with our, with our, our takeaways and, um, you know, the melting pot, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about Legatus. 
So a couple of things. One is we had a Holy Thursday faculty retreat and the lunch was fantastic. We did a center meal and we had our Jewish colleagues actually speak about what it means to be a Jew and what this meal meant for them at Passover. Prior to that, we had different breakouts where you could, and they were all spiritual in, in some way, very creative. And one of them was praying the rosary in the chapel. And I did not go, I went to something different. And I wished I had, because I do think it's that powerful. I, it's not, I have done it on my own many times in and out of my life, but I'm not right now. And we offered as a school, but it's told time and again as a powerful, I mean, they use the word weapon of prayer, but you know, I don't know, that might be a little strong, but it is a powerful way to pray. You know, Our Lady as an intercessor is a, a force to be reckoned with, a force for good. For sure. So yes, thank you for the reminder. And I think we're, you know, we're all called to pray in different ways. And if you, when, and if, you know, I just wish I had leaned into that is what I'm trying to say, into that opportunity. And so I'm glad that groups do it together because I think that's a, a great way to, to pray the rosary. And it doesn't have to be the funeral. You know, it well, absolutely. It's interesting. I have uh, friends who are not religious at all. Um, they don't attend any services, even on holidays, and that's totally fine. But the one of their parents it was just given a, a pretty a pretty dark um, cancer diagnosis. And mm. she is religious and she is Catholic. And so my friend called me to say, what can I send? what would be meaningful and first of all i loved that i was so grateful that she could just be very vulnerable in that sense my friend to say to me i know nothing about this and i would like your help i also thought it was really wonderful that she wanted to reach out to her her mother-in-law in a way that is meaningful for to yes. her mother-in-law as well yes. and 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 I asked her, you know, does your mother, does she pray, pray the rosary? And we talked about different saints and medals she could send. And, and really, she, you know, she kept saying, well, I don't know if she would wear a, a necklace or a charm or a bracelet or, or whatever it was. And I said, none of that matters. It is the gesture of sending something that you know will be meaningful to her. And I really believe that, whether it's rosary beads, again, whether it's the patron saint of whatever medal that you might send. Many people wear medals, saints medals, and many people don't. But there is a gesture of, I thought of you in a way that is meaningful for mm -hmm. you, that's really yeah. beautiful, even for people yeah. who aren't religious. Uh, it was yeah. it was a reminder to me to, to, one, meet people where they are, and two, yeah. be respectful of uh, mm -hmm. someone's faith. So... It's, yeah, no doubt about that. The volunteer of the year, um, her name is Val Urso. She's a classmate of mine. Um, she uh, lives in San Antonio and she gave, she told a story about giving some man that, who was a huge Notre Dame fan, just a coin. And it was a Notre Dame coin that we probably, you and I and alumni have gotten in the mail. And you know, what does that mean? And how much it meant to him. So you sharing that example, Haley, just resonated with this story, and it had a it was a very powerful story. In fact, I I will probably write to her to say I think you should write down that story because it's, it's something that I think other people should hear. But it it meant something to him, and that's what you're saying about this woman's faith. And I think faith is such a thing where 
you know, it means a lot to that, that person, but I, I don't, I just think it's symbiotic in some way, in some way, I just believe that it will touch her, the giver as well. At least I hope that for her and so the, a grace, you know, I don't need to name anything super religious, but I think there's some grace in that. And, um, we'll definitely pray for all, all of those involved and what a thoughtful gesture. So that's really beautiful. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And it is the month of May which yeah. is the month of our mother. Yeah. So yeah, there's so many ways to honor Mary this month. Uh, many schools, it, it, we were talking about today after golf, I was with a friend who's Catholic and some other guy who came by, we were talking about the May crowning and uh, what that meant. And he identified a woman as the, the girl who got to crown our lady. And I said, oh, I wasn't chosen to be that girl. I was in the honor court. <laughs> <laughs> They're just some, you know, human sides of the tradition. But one tradition that I think is interesting, if it's not a tradition yet, but a way of honoring Mary this month is I learned about this at Notre Dame when I was there recently. It's a modern day pilgrim, and that's the organization that runs this opportunity. So it's called May for Our Mother, and it's a program that the Alumni Association is promoting, but I'd like to share it for the good of anyone who kind of wants to think about pilgrimage. And the idea is, so Modern Catholic Pilgrim has resources on their website, and it's different ways to engage in pilgrimage. Now, you don't need to go to Rome or you know, even South Bend or any holy place, the Holy Land, in order to do a pilgrimage. The idea is that you can go locally, and it just involves uh, walking. So however, as a family or as a community, a group is going to just kind of walk together. And during the walk, you carry these prayers with you. And the pilgrimage that's run out of this May for Our Mother is praying for our recent graduates. So Notre Dame, like many universities and, and some high schools, they graduate students in May, others in June, but in May during this month, the emphasis of the pilgrimage is to walk and to pray for these men and women who will be entering right into our world and um, beyond Notre Dame and they will be blessed and do good works. I thought, what a great way to pray. All of us can pray for our graduates. It's such a, an exciting time, but it's also, you know, it's challenging. Graduating is entering, you know, it's commencement. It's a beginning. So um, you can do that by walking and carrying those prayers. And um, there's many different ways to do it. So kind I, of a cool idea. I will have to check that out. I, as you know, I love to walk almost as much as I love to swim. And it, it is, a, I just had dinner last night with my goddaughter who is graduating from college this year in a couple of weeks. And she doesn't have a job yet. So while it is a time to celebrate uh, the accomplishments of the last four years, four years that had some challenges in there, certainly with COVID, and, but it is a time of uncertainty and it, it's, it is a beginning. But when you don't know what you are beginning, it, it can be very uncertain and um, any type of change like that, especially when yeah. you don't know what you're changing into can be yeah. um, a turbulent time for, for young adults, even the most capable ones. Yeah, so check it out, Modern Catholic Pilgrim. For Got anyone it. who wants to learn more about pilgrimage, you know, I know Haley, you've done a pilgrimage by walking the Notre Dame Trail. And I did one in Spain for the Trail of St. Ignatius. Um, this, 
with the Camino de Santiago, there's so many different ways to do it, but it doesn't have to be like far away or extended. I love that idea that it can be very practical, but it's the idea of purpose and intentionality and carrying our prayers with us. So I love it. Maybe that's a good takeaway. Um, the rosary, we have the rosary, and you can pray the rosary while you're on the pilgrimage too. Then you can really double up. <laughs> that I, I will at some point make it to the Camino de Santiago in, in Europe. That is, that is on my bucket list. I don't doubt that. And I will certainly take my grandfather's rosary with me there as well. I'm not sure how many times I will say the rosary, but I will make okay. sure that I have it with me. And, and again, this week with our, the melting pot, our takeaways, my goal is to live the Legatus motto, to you know share my faith. I think sometimes we at times can shy away from talking about our faith. You know, you work in a Catholic school where it might be a little easier to. It's one of the things that I uh, admire, or not admire, I um, just think is really neat about working at a Catholic school. Yeah, I work in an Episcopal school, so certainly we talk about faith. It's, it's not my Catholic faith, but I do share it and make sure that um, that is part of, of how I live. And But I want to make sure that it's part of everything I do this week is to make sure people know to be an ambassador. I think there's a difference between being an ambassador and being an evangelist. And, and maybe it's just in tone or thought of word. You know, people think of being an evangelist as perhaps being a little overbearing. I think being an ambassador yeah. can be... Uh, we can do it perhaps in our actions and not necessarily our words. And so I think that's what I'm going to strive to do this week. Yeah. And what a compliment to Legatus that they inspired you, right? I, I'm confident your words and your testimonies inspire those in attendance. But the, as a group, their mission and their purpose inspires you. And that's the way you would want to live. That's a, a total gift, a win-win. So uh, my takeaway will be to use the Mass Journal that I have. I'm going to bring that with me tomorrow. And as we you know, circle back to that first question, I think it's hard to listen. And I do listen to podcasts. I get, I clearly get information, uh, whether it's the radio, a podcast or whatnot. Um, I know that because I speak about things that I learn in podcasts and different things. But I'd like to maybe take that step further than to write down what I'm hearing in order to remember it. And maybe somebody, myself included, will read it in the future. So That sounds great, Anne. Well, I wish you well with that tomorrow. And we will check in next week. We wish all of our listeners a, a wonderful third week of Easter, first week of May. I, for those of you who are waiting for the weather to warm up, I wish you warmer weather. And I look forward to connecting next week. Likewise. Have a great week. You too, Anne.